Show number 141 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK talking about Trek. Do you know that this is episode 141? I hadn't realized we were that far along until I just put the last one up. Wow. And you know what's really sad? What? We don't have anything to talk about. Bill never does anything. And, and especially <laughs> recently, it's like he's been banned from the internet or something. There's nothing. Lazy there, bastard. He is a lazy bastard. Nobody ever writes anything about him either. He's never in the media. He's never on TV. He's never on the radio. And nobody's ever posting fun stuff. No. Or never. digging up his old stuff. <laughs> Oh, yes, that would be the Bizarro universe. And Wouldn't back it? here in, in the real universe, <laughs> there's stuff happening all the time. I, I think was, we have our hugest list ever. We do, and it was all stuff that happened in the last, what, three or four days? Well, I, I think, you know, I think Bill, you know, because he controls everything mm-hmm. or is aware of everything, knew that I, one of his two biggest fans, was in the blizzard of the century. Oh, that's so right. So he said, yeah. you know, Kitty needs a lot of entertainment that she doesn't have to go out and get or, or mm-hmm. you know, or watch out there or anything. So I'm just going to make sure I get into all the press and all the, the internet and all the blogs and everything. And I think that's why. I think so. I think he said, I am going to cause Google alerts to explode <laughs> with my name for everything. And it if did. anyone could do it. It would be Bill. It would Absolutely. be Bill. You know, after our, our little discussion last time about Bill in Australia, I really got to thinking how much fun it would be to make a comic book where Bill is sort of a superhero. But, sort but not of. In a, well, not not in a, um, you know, like a wearing a costume and flying around kind of way, but just that he he's the guy that makes things happen or, you know, finds um, creatures that were thought to be extinct and stuff like that. Whatever he decides to do, he could do it. I think that would be a great comic book. (laughs) Do you remember way back when on Ask Him at one point there was the strangest discussion about some, I don't know, conservative blogger or news person or something who was blaming all the bad weather and drought and flooding and everything on gays? And Robin Post, who is in Australia, posted something very funny about, oh, thank God a truckload of lesbians just showed up with their <laughs> rain-making equipment. So so when you say somebody, you know, controls everything and makes it happen, I always think of that. Oh, that's so funny. That the gays are in charge of the weather. They are. They are. <laughs> and they've, they've sort of elected um, Shatner to be, like, their representative in other areas. <laughs> You know that he controls everything else but the weather. Okay, yeah, they have they have reserved the weather as their sole domain. Their thing, yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Bill does everything else. So. All right. Anyway, um, let's let's go down this list because we have like a hundred things. So the very first thing was actually posted on More Shatner over at Live Journal, and this was from one of Bill's. Uh, I think at least two or three appearances on What's My Line, right? Because we had seen the other one. Yeah, the, I, I yeah. think. That we have now seen at least three. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, and this is just a little clip, and it's uh, when they had one of a famous person on, as they did occasionally, rather than people with weird occupations. They would mm-hmm. have an actual celebrity on there. I think they had, like, a mystery guest in every show. Did they? And was I the mystery so. guest, was it always a celebrity? Yeah. 
Yeah. Because the whole point of them signing in was that the audience and the contestants or whatever you want to call them Mm -hmm. um, would have recognized this person. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And there's no date on this, but it's, uh, oh gosh, it looks like it's early 60s, right? Yeah. Probably 61 or 62, I would say. Well, Um, you know, I have a question about Bill being on this. Uh-huh. I mean, the the other people who were on, like Bennett Cerf and Dorothy mm-hmm. Kilgallen, and and um, remember we saw Kitty Carlisle. Yeah, yeah. And Arlene, what's her name? I mean, they were all fairly well known, and I don't think Bill was well known then. No, I I think he was probably one of those people that got placed on the show as like a an up-and-coming actor. Mm-hmm. It was clearly a promotional thing for him to be on the show. Yeah. And and the people who produced the show would want to have new faces on who, I mean, maybe this was when he was on Broadway. Well, so, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah. But I, th- I thought it was, I don't know, it, it just struck me as funny as when, because I watched a couple episodes of it, with when the mystery guest is identified and, and is leaving and goes over to shake hands and, and greet the whole mm-hmm. panel, that you can tell in some of them that he had the mystery guest has a little mini conversation with Bennett Surf and with Kitty Carlisle because mm-hmm. he knows him and has not got a clue who Bill is. <laughs> um, in this show, the mystery guest was Jack Lemon, who was pretty funny. Yes. Um, he put on a voice and uh, was doing his best not to answer personal questions. And uh, I love the fact that he called Bill Kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that he was, was doing really this good. this voice and persona, kind of like a, a a tough guy, maybe even a, a gangster. Yeah, yeah. You know, so that kind of fit in with that. But yeah, that was cute. And Bill made a bad pun. He did make a bad pun, uh, and he did the thing. Um, and I actually sent this clip over to the Shatner's to pay people because Bill did one of those things after he took his mask off, mm-hmm. where he was very hurriedly smoothing his hair down, like have to make sure that the toupee thing is all in place. And hasn't was, slipped or anything. Hasn't slipped. He was doing quite a lot of hair grooming after the mm-hmm. um, mask came off, more than the women, I have to say. <laughs> well, they're so sprayed, that hair is not going to move. <laughs> but Bill did look awfully cute with a blindfold on. Oh, yes, he did. And um, you have had a nice comment to make about the blindfolds that the women were wearing. Well, the thing is, I remember seeing some episodes of this show as a kid and always being intrigued by these blindfolds and that the women's is is um, outlined with little pearls little all around pearls. it to make them more feminine black blindfolds. <laughs> <laughs> it's and- um, also, the women's blindfolds are not actually blindfolds like the men's are. Mm-hmm. So the one that Bill has on is it like a sleep mask. It goes right. all the way, and it's got like an elastic band. The women's are like sunglasses. Oh. They don't actually go all the way around in the back. They just sort of tuck go in. on. They, they tuck into their giant bouffant hairdos. Oh, my God. <laughs> but I also noticed then that the, the men's, the outer edge is sort of a... a a satiny ribbon yes. trim. Yes. Which is kinky. It's very elegant looking. You know? Yeah. I think it would be better if they had ball gags, too. <laughs> Maybe they should have given them hoods. That would have been good. <laughs> <laughs> but then we wouldn't really know if it was, you know, Kitty Carlisle and William Shatner still. Uh, 
that's true. You know, I'm watching, I'm, I'm fast-forwarding through this as we're talking about it, and when Lemon gets up and goes over to talk to everybody, mm-hmm. um, of course, the, the men get up and, and the women don't, mm-hmm. and um, Bill remains standing long after everybody else has sat down. Well, he's Bill. He's Bill. He's just Bill. So that was cute. It was fun to it see. It was cute, and it, it, it was fun to see, and... Uh, the, the other interesting thing is it's a game show, but you mm-hmm. do not see Bill's competitiveness come out. Yeah, well, he was awfully young, and he was in the company of people who were much older and more powerful than he was. I think that I was thinking the exact same thing, that he's probably aware of that. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't want to ruin his chances. And, of course, you know, if there were eligible women there, he, he was probably too busy charming them and feeling them up underneath the the counter well well, yeah i'm pretty sure he did arlene yeah i think so but yeah (laughs) he's sitting in between two women what could be better and yeah uh, yeah, and he's not going to do dorothy kilgallen she's (laughs) so um when I sent this to the Shatner's to pay people, they sent me back a message asking if we could call on our enormous fan base to see if anybody has a copy of a thing that Bill was in uh, called Indict and Convict. <laughs> you have to say it like that. Um, this bum, was bum, bum, bum. Okay. Bum, 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 yeah. In 1974, it was a TV pilot that never got picked up. Um, and Bill was, a. Uh, I think he, I don't think he was meant to be in it as like a regular recurring character, but mm-hmm. he was part of it. And it says, uh, here at IMDB, the description says, a prosecutor must try his friend, a deputy district attorney who has been charged with murdering his wife and her lover. <gasps> and this cast is full of amazing people. I guess in 1974, it was pretty easy to get all these folks to be in a crappy TV pilot. Well, yeah, and look at all the crappy TV movies that, and Love Boat, my God. (laughs) You know, and Fantasy Island, those were just, you know, if you were a name, you could collect a paycheck doing those (sighs) things. I was amazed that Myrna Loy was in this. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) As a a judge, as a judge. I would like to have seen that. That would have been really interesting. So here's the cast listing. There's George Grizzard, Rennie Santoni, Susan Howard, Ed Flanders, no relation to Ned Flanders, <laughs> um, Eli Wallach, and William Shatner, Myrna Loy, Harry Gardino, um, and let me see if there's somebody else on the list. Oh, and Arlene Martell was in it. Yes, yes. To Pring. To Pring. Now, um, the great thing is this... Uh, user review here at IMDb. So you can give something uh, 10 stars is mm-hmm. the top rating. This is 9 stars. Oh gosh, <laughs> just one star short? How could one they have failed short. just that little bit? Okay, here's what it says. Um, wow, where do I start? This is one of those bad quality early 70s movies that played at 10 a.m. on Saturday mornings. <laughs> Usually it was part of the particular TV station sales pitch for local replacement window and siding company. You know, they sponsor the movie and set up commercial breaks to look like telethons, phones ringing, lots of activities. Oh, back to the movie. <laughs> Without divulging any more than the title of the movie, I can tell you this. Absolutely, this is all in caps by the way. Absolutely spectacular, totally over-the-top performance by William Shatner. Oh. Completely out of control with his searching looks, pauses, 
parens, extended, during dialogue, made every effort to steal every scene in the movie. And the parens, I wouldn't have respected him if he hadn't. That's right. But wait, there's more. He's wearing those god-awful chocolate-brown double-knit suits complete with matching vest, plaid collared shirt with no button-down collars. But worst of all, it was the dreaded and feared 1970s necktie. (laughs) Thick, very odd pattern on it, about nine full inches in width at the widest point. (laughs) And to top it off, his necktie, which should have had a registration number on it, was adorned with the most perfectly executed double Windsor knot I have ever seen. I wouldn't go out of my way to see it, but if you can find a reasonable um, way to scam a copy from somebody, I promise it will be worth your while. Wow. So funny. So now, uh, while I was doing it, I have a a little thing to send you as we're talking. Okay. Um, I found over at Frederick's site at my Star Trek scrapbook a... Uh, newspaper clipping of Bill wearing the very suit that he's talking about here. So click on that and have a look. Okay, hold on. The double breast, the the chocolate brown suit with the nine inch wide tie. And it's pretty, pretty amazing. It's a black and white picture, but you can still tell. Did you send it via email? No, I I am'd it to you. Oh, okay. Hang on. I got to get to that window. Okay, let's see. Oh, all right. So I'm clicking, clicking. (gasps) Oh! Look at the tie. Oh, my God. <laughs> and the, 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 okay, the tube, the antenna in front of him. Really? The, the, the pinstripes. The not very pinstripes. <laughs> Look at how wide the lapels are on his <laughs> Okay, the lapels go, I think, almost all the way to his shoulders. So the jacket yes. has to go, like, another three inches further. That's right. Huge shoulder pads, just like linebacker type shoulder pads. And uh, yeah, that um, that double Windsor knot looks like it, it has a life of its own. I mean, it should have gotten oh. screen credit. Oh my god! Or, it's or crazy. who tied it? Double Windsor knot tied by <laughs> Mr. Shatner's double Windsor knot by Adrian. I'll put this image up um, and uh, I'll link back to where Frederick um, had this, but. It's hey, it crazy. Says it's on Sunday, channels ten and twelve. <laughs> in nineteen seventy-four. Oh. Um, so, if anybody out there has a copy or knows where we could access a copy, I did a lot of googling around, and I couldn't find it anywhere. So, it seems like this is one of those things that might be like available as a digitized copy that somebody right, VCR'd right. way back when. Yeah. You know, I think that is the same tube from Impact or Impulse. Impact. <laughs> You know what I meant. It could be. It could well be. And, and his face looks very similar. I mean, as yeah. far as, like, I think they were probably filmed back to back. Yeah. Uh, I was surprised that he didn't have bigger sideburns, you know. Well, I thought they're they pretty might be, big. Look at them. But they're not taking over his face, though. That's what I thought <laughs> might happen. <laughs> you want genuine mutton chops coming, yeah. like, all the way down to his mouth? Big ones. That big would ones. not be a good look for Bill. <laughs> the biggest sideburns I think he's ever had were in uh, Paradise Syndrome. Yeah. Those were big. Yeah. Big and fuzzy. Big and fuzzy. Yeah. Well, the makeup department had to make them. <laughs> and they had to stay light, so they were getting silly and slap happy. And says, let's make them fuzzier. Do you think they made them out of, like, his shaved chest hair or something? <gasps> oh, can you imagine what they would be worth? Oh, man. <laughs> All right, so we're putting it out there to you, the listeners. If you know how to get hold of a copy of Indict and Convict, bum, 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 let us know. Really? 
because we'd really like to we know. We definitely want to see that. I think we have to watch that. Yeah. Oh, all right. Okay. Let's see. Speaking of speaking of clothes, yeah, I I know what we're going to talk about now. Okay. Um, I found this site, and I don't know how I found it. I don't think it was linked anywhere, but um, it is somebody's um, website about the fashion of Star Trek, and it has a whole bunch of screen caps showing all the different costumes uh-huh. for for the series. Um, and it talks about how they're different from series to series. And, and it's pretty um, snarky, and it's it's funny. Okay. But the best part about it is they have a whole section devoted to ripped shirts and gleaming chests. Well, um, I have a, a section in my pictures folder develop, uh, dedicated to that. Well, see, that's when I, when I found this, I was like, did she make this? <laughs> and then I realized it wasn't you. So no. it was it was somebody else. So Can you imagine this- I would ever set up such a website and not tell you <laughs> and not get your input? Um yeah, so it's called Ripped Shirts and Gleaming Chests, <gasps> and it says, since it happens quite often, I've just set up, I decided to set up this page for reference. Most of the caps here are already in other sections of the site, but hey, how can you ever get enough of Captain James T. Kirk's manly chests? This is proof that Starfleet did not spend enough money in the conception of decent <laughs> uniforms. <laughs> oh, what? Um, Go read this hymn to Kirk's shirt? I read it. It was silly. Oh. It wasn't that funny. Oh. Yeah. Um, so then, the, I love it that the very first thing is the chest hair question. Well, yeah. Uh, you know, it's great that somebody just tackled it right on and did really nice screen caps showing from uh, the Wear No Man episode mm-hmm. that they hadn't shaved his chest right there. Yeah. So, uh, I like this. Captain Kirk shaves his chest. It's canon. I bet he just got jealous when he saw Spock's manly, curly chest hair. Mm-hmm. And then um, there are a few other prime examples of manliness. So it's Charlie X and Naked Time and Amok Time and Mirror Mirror and Journey to Babel and Gamesters of Triskelion and Patterns of Force and Paradise Syndrome and just everything else. Yes. It's great. Yes. Yes. It, it, it is wonderful. Now, there was something I wanted to talk about. In the Charlie, um, Charlie X caps, mm-hmm. probably because it's not featuring his manly chest, they don't have my favorite shot. <laughs> well, it was supposed to be about chests and not bending over yes. or falling over so that his butt was facing the camera. They do have a, a beautiful, beautiful shot of Kirklight. Oh, that is gorgeous. And with the, and, the, the shoulder bone right there. Yes. And, and it says right there, he is, he is lit like a female star of the 1950s. You Absolutely. Know, I read something once, somebody commenting on that, that he was lit, at least in the first episode, or in the first year, first season, he was lit and photographed as, as lovingly and carefully as a movie star of the 40s or 50s would have been. Oh. Absolutely. I mean, yes. Um, and I love the comment on Journey to Babel. The very first is uh, Kirk in his quarters with no shirt on. And the caption says, the captain's smooth chest for no reason other than, than uh, well, no reason really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, so nice. So it's nice to know that there are other people out there putting up pages devoted to Kirk's gleaming sweaty chest. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, do they have Yeah, they do have a mock time. Mhm. Um, 
Oh, I'm thinking of something else entirely. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Um. Okay, go ahead. Go on. <laughs> It'll okay. come to me. The connection All will right. come to me, and then I'll I'll blurt it out. Okay. Well, I, I'm going to spend some more time at this site looking at the fashion stuff because. I, <laughs> okay, I think call me later. <laughs> yeah. In another show, we'll talk about the fashion stuff. Okay. Be good. Ah, oh, the sweaty chest. How nice. <gasps> How very, very nice. Yes. Yes. Okay. Oh, what a gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous man. Oh. <laughs> you sort of want to just bask in it. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, why don't we take a little break okay. on, on that note, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about um, some of the many other things we have on the list. Okay. Space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Look at his butt and tell us about it. Email to lookathisbutt at gmail.com, comments on the blog at lookathisbutt.blogspot.com, and you can find us on Facebook, too. This podcast brought to you by the magic of Skype, GarageBand, and my MacBook Pro. not doing much these days right no the poor guy you know i i think the fact that he's turning 80 has just just floored him slowed him down yeah yeah poor man he's doing one thing though yes he's making a new record he is making a new record and um that has been in the news a lot and and a lot of people are saying it's a a metal album (laughs) (laughs) but um a wonderful article just appeared today, and I think I'm probably going to read most of it to us okay. because it's so wonderful. <clears throat> the headline is, Why We Support the Musical Stylings of William Shatner. We'd like to go, and this is by Carmel Lobella mm-hmm. at the Death and Taxes Mag. We'd like to go on record right now as stating that we fully support William Shatner's music career. Fully. And I think we we could um, make that statement oh. as well, yes? Yes, yes. Okay. Beloved actor and handsome older man, (laughs) William Shatner, is cooking up a metal-themed concept album, which will drop later this year, reports LA Weekly. The album is called Seeking Major Tom, will be released by Cleopatra Records and feature 18 covers of classic space-themed songs, including Space Odyssey, Iron Man, Learn to Fly, and She Blinded Me with Science. Um... 
Based on Shatner's past performances, including a dramatic interpretation of Rocket Man from 1978 Sci-Fi Awards and a quirky rendition of CeeLo's Fuck You on George Lopez last fall, Shatner has a jaunty spoken word style of singing that will make for a pretty unique, possibly legendary <laughs> metal album. Reported, reported guests include Allison Chains bassist Mike Inez, Peter Frampton, and Zach Wilde of Black Label Society. Just watch tracks being laid down by Zach Wilde of Black Label Society for my upcoming record, Seeking Major Tom, My Best Bill, <laughs> Shatner tweeted in late January, becoming possibly the first person to ever <laughs> sign a tweet. <laughs> Based on the video below posted by Eric Hendricks, the two will be covering Black Sabbath's Iron Man for the album. We are fully committed to reporting all breaking news on Seeking Major Tom and will update you with track lists, album art, and tour dates if we should be so lucky as they're announced. Would that not be incredible if Bill toured? Oh, my God. Then they, they have a, a link to the, the Rocket Man video, but then mm -hmm. they also have a link, which has appeared several places, um, of Bill and Zach Wilde together mm -hmm. working, but you know how the links start with a, a still shot that's like in mid-video or something, and it's an overhead shot, and why don't you uh, launch the discussion <laughs> on that? Well, I thought it was really strange, so Bill tweeted this link also when he was talking about recording it, and, and I have to say that um, <clears throat> I think that the people who wrote this article or the person would have been totally confused if Bill had signed off with MBB, which he often does <laughs> I when he runs out of characters. <laughs> Bill always signs his tweets. Always. Always. That's what makes him Bill. Um, so this is a, a little, um, like a webcam thing in the recording studio, and there's Bill sitting there with Zach Wilde, and uh, Bill's wearing a really weird-looking shirt, which I had first thought was, it looks like the kind of um, wetsuit that you wear when you go scuba diving. Uh-huh. <laughs> And the camera, unfortunately, is pointed at the top of his head. Yes. And what you see of Bill is his scalp, which is really weird. So I'm wondering, again, what's going on with the top of his head? Yeah, because... <sighs> I, I don't know. You know, if it weren't for the scalp showing so, so prominently at the top of his head, if you look at like where where the front is and then how it comes mm -hmm. down sort of to his ears that yeah. almost looks like the edges of of a wig or a toupee it does but it why totally would you does. have a toupee <laughs> that <laughs> you know gives you kind of this tonsure sort of thing on top it's so weird do you think that maybe um he had all the surgery he had like the plugs and stuff and mm -hmm. now some of that is falling out like does that happen or maybe he uh just got up from a, a very strangely positioned nap and has bedhead. Okay, I guess. <laughs> I'm I'm just throwing ideas out here. Okay, it's just it's very very strange looking. So I don't know what's going on with his hair. But the it, other great really thing weird. is he's doing a real bill gesture. Yes, he is cuz he's totally he's there. He's into this. He's mm -hmm. with these like, you know, 20-year-old guys and he's sitting around he's I'm, I'm watching a little bit of the video right now it's this tiny little crammed studio mm -hmm. with all this equipment and there's piles of stuff and there's guitars and everything and and bill's just like leaning back and and digging on it and mm -hmm. just totally grooving on what the musicians are doing yes and he looks very 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 happy well bill is always happy when he's working 
making a record. Um, Bill has confirmed my, my theory about the reason he keeps working is because he's afraid of dying. When did he say that? It, it was in the article um, that I posted to the blog, and I forgot to put the link. <laughs> but you fixed it, right? Yes, but I fixed it. Or maybe it's in another article that I just read today. But I think it was in that article. But anyway, he he said something along the lines of uh, of um, he keeps working as sort of because he thinks it will keep him from dying. He says, you know, uh, if if I'm good enough at it, it won't end. That's great. So I thought that was pretty interesting also oh, in a, in a recent interview with betty white who is now 88 or 89 and still wow. working um she said yeah if i stop working i'll die yeah, yeah so um bill is not the only one thinking that way no that's great um by the way i just noticed in the video that elizabeth is standing or sitting behind him keeping oh. an eye on him always making sure, he's, making sure he's not drinking coffee or doing anything stupid like that or or banging young girls <laughs> I'm just saying. I I agree. I totally agree. Um, I did want to mention one little side note to this, which was that over at um, Shatner's Toupee again, they had posted a screen cap from um, one of the recent bio things that that was on about Bill. Uh huh. And there was a really good picture of his dad. And oh, boy, yes. does Bill look like his dad. I when know, his dad and was in older. the very few other pictures I've seen of his father, you couldn't tell. Right, but in this particular picture, it was amazing. Oh my God, yes. It's like just the shape of his face, and also like kind of the thing that he was doing with his lips in that picture, sort mm-hmm. of pursing his lips a little bit. It, it was really. Um, it's astounding when you see famous people. You know, you get to know their faces so well, mm-hmm. and they seem unique. And just, you know, sui generis, like it's them. They're, mm-hmm. they're the person that they are. And then you see their family and you're like, oh, they all look like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, you can see little things that are not exactly like Bill. But, yeah, the resemblance is amazing. Yeah. So I was just kind of shocked by that. And funnily enough, you know, his Bill's kids all look like his wife. I know. They don't look like him at all. I know. Yep. Um, and I'm glad that they grew up to look like the very, you know, beautiful women that they are. Because I have to say, in looking at all those pictures of them when they were little kids, they were ugly. Oh, yeah. They were very ugly children. <laughs> they really <laughs> But, yeah. yes, aren't they lucky they, they grew up or they, they outgrew their ugliness? Yes. <laughs> You know, his wife, Gloria, she was a very good-looking woman. Mm-hmm. And I guess they figured that, you know, all right, the kids are going to be ugly when they're little, and they'll be fine. <laughs> they just have to grow out of it when they grow up. So thank God for that. Really? I don't, know, I don't know how Bill could have dealt with having really ugly kids for their whole lives. It would have been <laughs> <laughs> kind of crushing to him, especially if they were girls. Yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> but they do. They, they, they look, you know. Exactly like his wife, all of them. Yeah, yeah, all three of them. So what else is Bill up to? Not much, aside from, oh, writing another book. Yes, he is, <laughs> he tweeted something about he uh, is writing another book, and it's autobiographical. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I have uh, been contemplating titles for it, such as uh, Me Still So Horny. <laughs> 
Um, do you think this is finally going to be the tell-all book <sighs> of, of, like, all the sex stuff that we really, really want to know? I think not. I think oh. he loves and respects Elizabeth too much to, <sighs> to recount all those past uh, encounters in detail. But we can hope. So what is it going to be about? He already wrote a biography. Well, maybe this is going to, to I don't know, it, it could be on, like, to focus on one very specific aspect of his life. Um, perhaps it's sort of a, a, an autobiographical self-help thing about like how he got through his grief over Noreen's death. Mm, or it could be about his, his life as a, a horseman. That's true. You know what would be really cool? What? What would be the best book ever? If Bill wrote a book about acting. Yes, that would be fantastic. But it wouldn't be the best book ever. The best book ever was, you know, Bill Shatner's Guide to Women, where he wouldn't have to name names, but he could, you know, discuss all those other topics we're saying he should, we're always saying he should teach, like Mm -hmm. flirting and Mm -hmm. and seduction and romance and Mm -hmm. passion and how sex should be a template for your day and um everything anything done extremely well well is an act of sex sex, yes and uh so that would be the best book ever but i Mm -hmm. uh, and he should also do a a book performance art tour of that (gasps) oh (laughs) imagine imagine him going around the country reading excerpts from his book that would be so cool it really would you know here's a question i'm dying to know the answer to and i'm hoping someone who has seen the show will be able to tell us because i have missed seeing this show about three times which is celebrity autobiography have you heard of it no oh god oh oh no i have i i I know about it okay it's an off-broadway show Mm -hmm. um rotating cast and I think they, they also rotate the material. But basically what they do is read from celebrity autobiographies mm-hmm. and get huge laughs. It's part of Sketchfest in San Francisco, has been, right. and sells out like in two minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have finally signed up for a newsletter to find if they're ever going to, to tour it or things like that. But it just tells us about what's going on with the Off-Broadway show. But I really am wondering if they have excerpts from uh, Me So Horny. There's so much to choose from. There really is. <laughs> you could basically, I think with that book, you could pick randomly. You could just sort of flip it open and, <laughs> and put your finger down, and it would be worth reading. <laughs> Whatever it is. It's true. It would be amazing. Um, okay, cool. Uh, speaking of things that Bill is doing these days, let's quickly talk about this article in Walrus Magazine, the strangely named Walrus Magazine. Um, this is a pretty good article. It's written in a very pretentious um, British journalist type style, which personally I don't like very much. Right. Because the point of the article is to show you how clever the author is. Mm-hmm. It's not really about the person that they're writing about. It's more about, look at me, I'm such a good writer and I'm so clever. Yes. Um, but it's it's a nice um, overview of some of the things that, that Bill has done. And, and it's more about his persona the persona that he's adopted these days and how adept he is at, at managing that persona. Yes, and that is that is to me what made the article so interesting. Mm-hmm. So that, it was good, and it talks a little bit about things that, that he's doing now. Um, talks a little bit about uh, shit my dad says and uh, talks a little bit about other people. When you mentioned Betty White before, that's 
I was just thinking about this article because it was saying there are people now who have done the thing that Bill does about his public persona, mm-hmm. um, and Betty White is one of them. Right. Um, Christopher Walken is another one. Alec Baldwin is someone like that, and Jeff Goldblum. You know, they mm-hmm. sort of embraced their weird public persona and made that their brand. Right. And and Bill was sort of a pioneer in doing that. I think. There is um. There is an interesting paragraph I want to read though about Bill's acting style, since we were just talking about he should uh, write a book about acting. Mm-hmm. Um. But just as Kafkaesque doesn't just describe the condition of having too much paperwork to do, (laughs) Shatnerian isn't merely shorthand for hammy acting demarcated by a certain truncated enunciation. More than that, to be Shatnerian is to be dynamically, effervescently Mm. alive in a role. Not to get lost in it in the style of master thespians and method actors, but to attack it with an urgent swagger. To chew through so much scenery you spend the downtime between takes picking chunks (laughs) of it out of your teeth. The Shatnerian actor doesn't so much become the character. The character becomes him. A truly Shatnerian performance can be bombastic, sure, and maybe even a bit of a joke, but it's a joke that any adept pupil of the school of Shatner is always in on. Mm-hmm. I think that's really good. Uh, that is a, so an, an extremely um, on-the-mark bullseye description mm-hmm. of, of how Bill attacks his job. Yeah, and I love that that part about the character becomes him. Yes. And and Bill's been 100% open about that particular aspect of his acting, especially with Kirk, mm-hmm. that, you know, it was playing a version of himself, really. And every character that he has is, in some way, part of himself. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. I think it's great. Now, I have to say, the other thing I loved about this is the very first comment on this article. Mm-hmm. Is a, this is a disaster comment. Oh, oh, but where? And it's from someone who's anonymous. They don't even bother to log okay. in. Okay. Bill Shatner was oh, yes. not the first Hollywood star to use Esperanto in their films. And then we get a little diatribe about who used it first. Today, if I may add, Esperanto is increasingly popular. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Esperanto person, for really? that correction. Because the rest of us, you know, I was totally led astray yeah. by the article <laughs> in thinking that Shatner was the first one to make a movie in Esperanto. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I'm, I feel so much better now that you've corrected me. <sighs> um, I want to read the, um, the, the ending of this article. Okay. Because I think it's, it's pretty good. Um, he's a survivor, says Halpern. Halpern is the uh, shit my dad said creator guy. Um, and I feel that a lot of people respect that. Survivor. It's a word Fisher, and I don't know who that is, echoes. Many celebrities can subsist in a hand-to-mouth, paycheck-to-paycheck, the British spelling really threw me off, paycheck-to-paycheck, I'll take Martin Mull to block kind of way. But few endure in a manner that's not just saleable in the eyes of network sitcom bigwigs, but culturally salient. And nobody else teleports from Shakespearean thespian to sci-fi icon to streetwise crusader to patron saint of studied self-parody. Weird? Yes, undeniably. 
winkingly, nudgingly, smirkingly so, but weird in a way necessitated by all the pop songs left to be incongruously covered, all the hotel and flight rates left to be ruthlessly <laughs> negotiated, and all the shit left unsaid. Weird in the way that psychokinesis or magnetism or an adrenaline-pumped mother jacking a Buick over her head to free her trapped toddler is weird. The kind of person whose sundry quirks can be explained but never explained away. In a word, Shatnerian. Mm -hmm. That is very, very good. Yes. I like that. I like that a lot. But yes, you're right. It is about how how clever the author is. Yeah. Um, And it's... I, I love that Bill inspires articles like this because mm-hmm. I don't know who else does really. No. It's and you know who else does, but who? they're never a hundred percent admiring like many of these are Steve jobs. Oh, that's true. That is very true, but nobody likes him. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Nobody does like him. That's true. And everybody loves Bill. That's right. Yeah, who doesn't love Bill? Well, Everybody just remember like 10, 15 years ago to say you were a fan of William Shatner was something you went into the closet in the middle of the uh-huh. night and turned all the lights out to whisper, I'm a William Shatner fan. So you yeah. wouldn't get mocked, laughed at, beat up, or, or you know, said, or have people think you're crazy. Uh-huh. And now all those people, you know, have to shut up, grind their teeth, or admit that we were right all along. Uh-huh. Yes, and that's why we do this podcast. I think a big part of it is just saying to all those people, we were right all along. I think so, and I'm, I'm pretty proud of the fact that, um, and it's due to you, that we started doing this podcast like five minutes after podcasting was invented <laughs> and, and you know, have, have really worked so hard, not just in the podcast, but in our interactions in the fan world even before the, the podcast with our fan fiction and the people we've met and everything to just really be out there with with our Shatnerness and and proud of it and encouraging yeah. others because I remember people telling me stories about being uh not exactly beaten up but certainly scorned and bullied at cons for wearing like their Captain Kirk t-shirt mm-hmm. I love Kirk mm-hmm. or anything like that no, I, I think it's it was very important for us to be in the vanguard and to be out there and talking about the wonderfulness, the charm, and the hotness and the awesomeness of, of William Shatner. Yep. Because, you know, how everybody says um, the internet was basically a vehicle for porn, and I think that more than anything, William Shatner inspired the internet. Well, um, I when people were saying um, that internet was a vehicle for porn, um. I always said that any software um, or any hardware, you know, needs a killer app to get people interested in it. Mm-hmm. And like Lotus One Two Three was one of the early apps that mm-hmm. suddenly people went, "Oh, that's a good reason to have a personal computer." Mm-hmm. And my feeling was, Star Trek was the killer app that mm-hmm. made the internet a must-have. Yeah, I think that's right. Because while it was, you know, just people emailing about business and and crap like that, it was like, okay, that's something you do at work. But, you know, once people realized this was a way to communicate about Star Trek, to build Star Trek websites, and, Mm -hmm. you know, and to to post things like my Star Trek scrapbook. I mean, there were people doing this in the early days when you actually had to learn HTML. There were no, none of these little, you know, web help tools that built uh, websites for you and my mm-hmm. website invisible planets was built completely by hand i did all the mm-hmm. coding and mm-hmm. there were people you know doing this and they were doing it because it was star trek and star trek 
And Shatner is Star Trek. Yeah. And, and where would the internet be without Star Trek fanfic? Yeah. You know, that's, that's like... It would be a much sadder place. It would be. It's, there would be a lot less content out there on the internet. <laughs> this is true. And just okay. think how bereft our souls would be if we didn't know phrases like the littlest monkey. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a disaster. Yeah. All right, I have one more thing that I want to talk about right now. Okay. Um, which is a link that you had sent me from um, a, a site in the UK that's about um, voiceover sessions. Oh, yes. And I thought that this was really good, and I wanted to read the guy's blog comment on, on this. Um, he has put two clips up here, and one is uh, of Orson Welles, and I had, I had heard both of these before. But I had never heard the Orson Welles one. Yeah, getting pissed off at a director trying to um, tell him what to do in a voiceover session. Oh, well, and, and then, I posted it to Facebook, and uh, most of my actor friends were very, very entertained. <laughs> and then, of course, it's the Shatner one, mm-hmm. where the director is trying to direct him, and, and Bill is being so mean, so very, very mean in the nicest possible way. And, but it's not the one where he says, you sicken me. No, no, no. It's it's the other one. Yes, yes. It's the one where he's saying, no, tell me how you you want me to do it. And I'll do it the way you want me to do it Mm -hmm. because you're the director. Um, So it's it's very funny. It's really good. So this guy says, um, the William Shatner clip was played on Howard Stern's radio show. I don't know when it was originally recorded, but again, it's a delightful example of a young creative young creative struggling to contain a famous actor's sense of mischief when he thinks that the person directing him doesn't really have a clue, which certainly sounds like the case in this hilarious <laughs> clip. The point about booking incredibly famous, accomplished actors to voice commercials is, as far as the actors are concerned, that you want their voice to help sell your product delivered in their unique style. Why, they think, would you need to tell them how to say it? What could you possibly know that they don't already know with all their experience about how best to deliver what are often dreadful lines of commercial copy? That's one of the differences between jobbing VO artists and famous actors who voice commercials. The jobbing VO artists have to pretend to be happy when taking direction and often have to rein in their annoyance when asked to read the same thing 20 times or more, emphasizing this or that word, until the creative director is satisfied he's got his money's worth out of the talent and often ends up using take one or two anyway. Many famous actors expect to turn up, read it once, maybe twice, their way, and go home again. They're not above getting rather stroppy if it doesn't work out that way. Personally, I don't blame them one little bit. Well, my favorite part of the Orson Welles one is when he says something like, the best reading of this is the one I'm giving you. (laughs) There's too many directors here, and (laughs) you're pests. He actually calls them pests. Oh, so funny. But, you so know, it I, also I, reminds me of that scene in the Woody Allen movie, Radio Days, which is a movie I adore, where um, Mia Farrow is doing a voice, or in this squeaky little voice, for um, some product called Relax, and it's obviously a laxative. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> there's, like, three people in the booth, the sponsor, the director, the you know, the, the recording engineer, all giving her direction, and uh, and at one point the sponsor says, um, "Your motivation is you're constipated. You crave a laxative." <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
it's oh. it's a very funny scene and and oh. you know i'm sure it's not easy being a director of these things either but yeah they're very right when you're just a a, a voiceover actor anything they say to you it's like sure i can do that yeah yep. let's let's give that a go and you know if you're william shatner or as well you could go this is terrible copy yep exactly and you know, especially with somebody like Shatner or even Orson Welles, the, the guy is absolutely right. Why did you hire them? You hired them to do their thing, not your thing. Right. You hired them to do their thing. So just let them do their thing. And, of course, you know, <clears throat> if there's something realistic that needs to be changed because they're going too fast or whatever, that's probably fine. But let them do their thing. That's what you're paying them for. Yeah. You're not paying them to take direction from you. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Yeah, giving a technical feedback, like, can you stretch it because it's, you know, like two seconds short or something. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. No, nobody minds that, but, you know. Bill, could you just... throw in another pause? <laughs> <laughs> and the great thing is, you know, when we've listened, even to the crappiest of crappy things that Bill has done, like that, um, the voiceover thing he did for the lottery. Yes. You know? That's brilliant, and I, that's all Bill, right? Like, I can't see anybody directing him to do that. They just gave him the copy, and he was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And he just did it, and it's wonderful. I mean, it's, it's like, it's the best thing that it could be. Yep. So, anyway, I, I just loved his comment, and I think um, it's it's entirely valid. And it's the same with, with Priceline. How much direction do they give Bill on the Priceline stuff, really and truly? You know, aside from just the, the normal stuff, like here's the mark, here's where you need to walk in. Mm-hmm. I, I just can't see them directing him much. Right. And the thing is, you know, watching the um, the things get posted on the web of not just the commercial, but when they're filming it. Yeah. yeah. And you see Bill doing all the various different takes. It has really, I think, helped me as an actor that... Um, you know, like when they say, well, okay, let's try it again. And they say almost nothing else. Or mm-hmm. let's just go again. Is to give them something different. Give them something different every time unless they say, mm-hmm. yeah, that was really good. Be sure and keep that in. And when I was doing uh, some recent voiceover work, and there were there were a group of us all, all, all doing this, and I was one of the first ones to go, you know, with, with my lines. And so I said the line paused like bill and then said it again in a slightly Mm -hmm. different way and i did every single one of my lines at least two times just to give them the choice and Mm -hmm. i you know it it's funny i think otherwise i might have just you know gone straight through them Mm -hmm. so you know i'm learning from bill and we could all learn from bill i think so in in many 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 Mm -hmm. ways but not not learning how to be mean to directors because I'm not at that level. <laughs> no, no, no. Where that would uh, be allowed. So I'm going to suggest we take a little break here. Oh, okay. Because um, yeah, I mean we're we're talking and we're talking, and then uh, let's just figure out what we're going to do in the the next segment because we could do many things. Okay. Behold, by price chopping kung fu action. Being a deal-maker juggernaut isn't all glamour and glitz, you know. Sometimes it's just glitz. Paying half the price on a trip makes you twice the man.
my grandmother could outbid you seven ways to Sunday. When all else fails, sometimes I have to invite my friends Kung and Fru to the negotiations. Sometimes I daydream about great deals and forget what I just said. Sometimes I daydream about great deals and forget what I just said. I don't use intimidation in my negotiations, unless you consider nunchucks intimidation, because I definitely use nunchucks. The Priceline negotiator is on your side. I got that crazy deal-making look in my eyes. If deal-making is naughty, then I'm a bad, bad man. Now, dear listeners, what we have for you is some fanfic, some bad fanfic. And this is not only bad fanfic, but it's kind of creepy and icky fanfic. So I'm going to read it to you, and this was posted at a live journal. Um, and the title of the post is, There Are No Words. So this was a little piece of some longer story that I don't have the link to, unfortunately. You'll just have to deal with that. Here's how it goes. I love you, Uncle Jim, but honestly, I think you're nuts. Peter Kirk shook his sleek auburn head, his faintly quirked mouth softening the pronouncement. The knife in his hand never stopped flashing silver, and the pile of chopped vegetables on the table before him grew steadily. Oh, you do, do you? A slow grin edged along Jim Kirk's mouth. The oil in the pan spat at him, and he slid the thickest and largest of the vegetables in first. Not that my opinion will stop you. I think you've been crazy for years, and I admit we've all benefited. And, oh, do the Kalawari seaweed last. It cooks fast. Peter leaned his tall, lanky form over the cooking island and set two overflowing bowls next to Kirk's elbow. Get the Nawat sauce from the cooler, would you? And speaking of nuts, get the Andorian Baca nuts, too. Kirk stirred the food with a rare economy of motion, relaxing in increments as the air filled with the wonderful scent and a hypnotic sizzle. Okay, I think we've had enough of that music now. Okay. Oh my god. Can you believe somebody wrote this? <laughs> um, oh, creepy. <laughs> the comments are really fun, too. <laughs> the comments are... Why don't you read the comments? Because they're just awesome. Okay. Um, there's only three of them, anyway. It says... By the way, I actually like the story this comes from. <laughs> it's KS, of course. I just can't get over the mental image the part I quoted conjured up for me. Ew! And that's from the person who posted this, Shat Fat. And then Jane WT, or Janute, I'm not sure which it is, says, Yeah. Yeah, it's a problem when someone can only write in one style, so everyone is quirking their mouths softly <laughs> at each other and nudging elbows. <laughs> and sliding the thickest and largest of vegetables around with plenty of oil. It has to be deliberate, right? And then Sire Drawning writes, After my many experiences with U.S. betas, it's become very clear that being a native speaker does not necessarily qualify as good editor. And then this is crossed out. Also, in this case, the ongoing fascination of chaos fandom with tall, lanky form probably didn't help. And, and hey there, hi, happy to know you're still alive. So, but, uh, God. yeah, that is creepy. It's, it's totally creepy. 
Um, and do you want to talk for a second about uh, <laughs> the, the tags on this post are pretty funny. Bad fan fiction, criminally bad editors, <laughs> KS, phallic symbols, and tweeps. <laughs> what are tweeps? I don't know, and I don't think I want to know. Are you sure? Oh, I'm going to click on it. I'm going to click on it. <laughs> you know what the title of this um, live journal is? What? William Shatner is a man whore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I also no- just noticed, too, that Shat Fat's icon is a shot from uh, uh, the Edith City. Keeler episode, City on I the know. Edge. And I love the caption. It's so funny. Yes, it says, I feel like a lesbian in all this flannel. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty funny. Oh, man, that was good. That was good. <laughs> I, I don't know what tweeps means in this context. I know what it means on Twitter. It means the, your Twitter people, the people who follow you on Twitter. But oh, I'm not sure if, that makes if sense. that's what it means here. I don't know. I don't know why that would be a tag applied to this. I don't know. You know, I found this... this um, piece of fiction uh just because i had to see who wrote it and stuff and it's by someone that we don't know um but it goes on like this it's not just this one paragraph um they're still talking and here's here's another line peter gave him a slow ironic look and rolled his lips together thoughtfully rolled his lips (laughs) rolled his lips together i'm trying to roll my lips and i don't know what that is Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's, oh, <laughs> creepy, creepy. Well, didn't you say this uh, This writer had also written a Mitchell story? Oh, right. So the person whose live journal this is is a, a writer that you and I sort of knew from the old Ask Him days, and her name was Hypatia Kosh. And um, I, I just looked through her journal a little bit, and it turned out that she had also written um, a, a story that Mitchell was in, and I was kind of intrigued by this, but unfortunately, um, Mitchell is only in it a little bit. Oh. And, yeah, and it's a, it's a mirror story. And then I got all excited because I thought, oh, my God, mirror Mitchell. But then it's Mitchell. It's mirror universe, but no Mitchell. Oh. So that, that made me sad. Yeah, because I think we were both getting pretty excited over the idea of Mitchell in a beard. Oh, my God. <laughs> Mitchell in the mirror universe. How cool would that be? Well, you that know what? I think so Mitchell awesome. mentally resides in the mirror universe anyway. <laughs> I liked what you said about Mitchell in the man universe, in the mirror universe. You said, would he be um, the emperor? <laughs> well, that's what I was thinking. It could be. He it owns could be. that place, right? Oh, that would be, that would be crazy. And, you know, if... If he had gotten um, assassinated in the mirror universe, I would love to know for what and by whom. Like, you know, was was it Kirk? Was it Kirk who actually just had to kill him or something, or or was it somebody else? You know, was it was it Chekhov who killed him? Who killed Mirror Mitchell? That's what I want to know. Okay, that's a good story title, isn't it? Who killed Mirror Mitchell? Yeah. Okay. I like that. Hmm. Maybe I'll have to write a story about that. That would be very good. I keep thinking that at some point I should finish my mirror story but i can't say that's ever going to happen it would be good it would be good so if anybody knows any um fic out there that has mirror mitchell in it could you let me know because i googled and i couldn't find anything oh dear somebody must have written it i can't be the only one to have this idea that that seems impossible to me (laughs) okay so um 
I think that's probably it for this show, right? I think so. It's a it's a long show. We don't want people to go insane having to listen to us. So the next time, well, there's going to be um, a, a special show coming out soon, which is um, special wrap-up of the interviews from last year's Shatmoy. Oh, right, right. Because we were sort of parceling them out throughout the year, and then I realized there were some we hadn't even gotten to yet because we talked to so many people. So I'm going to just bundle them together in one show, and that'll be really fun, and I'll put that out sometime soon. And then it's going to be uh, Creation Con really, really, really soon. Yep, and we're really going to have soon. the big blowout party. It's going to be awesome. Yep. So if you're coming to CreationCon, let us know. Um, let us know if you're going to come to our party. We'll be there. We'll be visible. We'll be wearing our um, Look at His Butt t-shirts and handing out postcards and things. Oh, and right. we got to get more postcards made up. Yeah, we'll be, we'll be there. So you'll, if you're going to CreationCon, you'll find us. Don't worry about that. Okay. And we'll be talking to Lockwood. In fact, I was thinking I would ask Lockwood what he thought about Mira Mitchell. Uh, except he probably wouldn't know what the fuck I was talking no, about. No, he would not know, but he'd, he'd have an answer anyway. Yeah. Um, do we know for sure he's going to be there? No, but he always goes to those things. Yeah, that's true. I, I can't imagine. If it's an opportunity for him to make some money selling his pictures and his crappy book, he'll be there. <laughs> I'll totally be there. In fact, you know what? He's probably going to be at the hotel bar on Friday night, so we should look for him. We should totally look for him there. We should totally go to the bar. I never thought of yeah, that. I think that's what we need to do. Yeah. Yeah, I think we need to scope out the bar scene and, and report on that in our podcast from the, the uh, hotel. Yeah, I think we should do that. It'll be great. Yeah. It's going to be so good. We're going to have so much coverage. Okay. All right. Well, that's it for this episode of Look at His Butt, the show about William Shatner's butt and Star Trek. I see I'm shilling. I'm trying to do the bill thing. <laughs> Too much? No. I, I, I think the, uh, the best reading is the one you're giving it. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be back soon with more stuff. So keep reading the blog. Keep leaving us comments. Check us out on Facebook. Do all that stuff. And we'll be back very soon. Okay. Bye. Bye.